pray that it stirs us, that it feeds our souls. And I just pray for that this morning, Lord, that our souls would be fed. Lord, I step back and I just ask that You speak to us. Just bring Your Word to life, Lord. Draw us close to You. Again, thank You, Jesus, for making all of this possible. In Jesus' name, Amen. Uh, This morning, we're going to be talking about, are you okay? And uh, part of the inspiration for this title was some commercials that I've seen recently that you've probably seen. I don't see a lot of commercials, but this is one that's really popped out to me. I think it's AT&T or something. But it has several different versions of the commercial, and it's all about going somewhere and uh, the person that's giving you service says, we're okay. So in one episode, a man goes into a brake shop and he asks the mechanic, hey, how are you guys doing brakes as his car is up in the air getting worked on? And he says, eh, we're okay. And he kind of stops say, wait, what, you're okay? And he says, yeah, we have a saying around here, if the brakes don't stop you, something will. Well, that's something that you don't want to hear from your brake mechanic. Another one I saw recently, they go into the doctor and they're about to have a procedure done and they're asking the nurse, so how's the doctor? Most of us want to know that if we're going to have a procedure. And the nurse says, eh, he's okay. (laughs) Again, not something that you want to hear. Well, something that's even more serious than that is our relationship with God and our spiritual lives. So if I say to you, how's your walk with God? How's your spiritual life? Would you respond, yeah, it's okay. Well, the thing about that is, is that that may feel okay. But as we're going to look at in Scripture this morning, it's actually a very dangerous place to be. You know, many of us think about when we feel desperate, that the enemy is just really attacking us, And it can feel like a dangerous place to be. But in actuality, the enemy would much rather have us feeling okay than feeling desperate. Because when we feel desperate, there is the temptation to give up, to walk away and say, phooey. But if we're going to remain, we can't just kind of hang out. When we're in that desperate place, if we're going to continue on, we've got to get on our knees and we've got to pursue the Lord in a greater way. And so I want to say to you this morning that if you're feeling desperate, you're in a good place. If you're not and you're just feeling okay, it's not such a good place. And the Scripture we're going to look at this morning tells us to wake up. Beginning in Revelation chapter 3, uh, verse 1, it says this, it says, Write this letter to the angel of the church in Sardis. This is the message from the one who has the sevenfold Spirit of God and the seven stars. He says, I know all the things you do and that you have a reputation for being alive but you are dead. Wake up. Strengthen what little remains. For even what is left is almost dead. 
I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of my God. Go back to what you heard and believed at first. Hold to it firmly. Repent and turn to me again. If you don't wake up, I will come to you suddenly as unexpected as a thief. Now, I don't know about you, but I honestly get tired of repenting. I just want to be in a place where everything is okay and I just kind of coast along. But for some reason, (laughs) it never seems to happen. For some reason, it feels like there's always something going on in my life to the point where spiritually, I feel desperate. This morning, (laughs) I was having to remind myself to just breathe. Literally. Because my heart is pounding and my my breath is not regular. (laughs) Because Friday morning, uh, someone was sitting in my office who is a part of a core family in this church, (laughs) and they informed me that they're no longer going to be attending our church that they're going to be attending a church down the road. And this morning, that's just replaying in my mind over and over. And I'm telling myself, breathe. Just breathe. Because in my heart, I just want to say, forget it. (laughs) I'm tired of it. (laughs) I'm tired of hearing this same old thing year after year, month after month. Just forget it. (laughs) But then I have to do what the writer calls us to do. And I have to repent. And I have to say, God, I need You. Man, I need You. And I know we need God, but I get tired of feeling it. (laughs) I just want to feel okay. But you know what? Many mornings, I will wake up and I I find this coming out of my lips. Literally, before I'm aware and I'm awake, I will find myself, before I've brushed my teeth and my eyes have cleared out, I will find myself just repeating, I need You, Lord. I need You, Lord. I need You, Lord. I share that because I just want to say to you this morning, if you're in that place, the Lord is saying, you're in a good place. Because you don't want to be in that place where, I'm good! I'm okay! I'm just coasting along. Because most likely, if you're in that place, what's happening is, as this Scripture is describing, you're sleepwalking. You're sleepwalking. To others and to yourself, it looks like things are okay. And again, it's a dangerous place. If your life looks like a mess and you feel like a mess, you are so much more likely to pursue the Lord. I mean, in all sincerity, if you feel like you're okay and things are just moving along, Satan is probably not going to mess with you. He's probably going to actually try and protect you because he wants you to continue along that path. If you are pursuing the Lord, the bad news is the enemy wants to discourage you. And so he's going to try to beat you down. And he's going to try to use others who think they're okay, (laughs) to speak things to you that bring discouragement to you. But you have a choice at that point. Your choice is to fold up and say, forget it. Or your choice is to say, I need God. I need Him in a desperate way. 
and I'm going to go after Him. Because when you read the New Testament, and you read Scripture, and you read the heart of the authors, when you read through the Psalms, and you hear the heart of David, when you read through the New Testament letters, and you hear the heart of of Paul, for instance, and Peter, and Jude, and so many others, what you're hearing is, you're hearing a heart of people that say, I need God. I mean, when you think of the experiences that Paul had with God, but was it ever enough that he was like, I'm good? No. He's like, I need more of God. Because the enemy never stopped. The enemy continued to try and discourage him as long as he lived. But he lived a victorious life because every day, you know what he did? He repented. He repented and he said, okay, God, I'm going deeper into you. I'm going after more of you. And that's where God wants us. Because if we're not in that place, the words that might apply to us are the words that we read here, which are, I find that your actions do not meet the requirements of my God. Now, I want you to hear those words. Because there is some uh, teaching out there that causes us to put on a certain lens when we read Scripture, and we don't hear words like that. Because we hear things about grace, which I want to tell you, grace is unmerited favor. Uh, You do not have to earn the love of God. You already have it. You do not have to earn salvation. Jesus has paid for it. You do not have to earn these things. They are your inheritance. But let me tell you something. If you're a child and you have a parent uh, who has some things and you're going to inherit those things, what do you think might happen if you stop talking to the parent? When the parent tries to reach out to you, you're like, ah, sorry, I got too many things going on. Maybe another time. Maybe you start getting rude with that parent and suddenly you have no relationship with that parent. Do you think it's possible that parent might eventually get fed up and say, you know what, I'm going to give my inheritance to somebody who actually cares and will actually use it for some good. Think that might happen? Let me tell you, it happens all the time. It happens all the time. So hear this. You don't have to earn it. But when you read something like this, are there some requirements? Yes, there are. The requirements are Jesus gave His life for us and He's asking us to surrender ourselves to Him so that we can earn something. No, you're not earning anything. It is your inheritance. It is already yours. But just as we are called to love and honor our parents, we're called to love and honor God. And God wants us to love Him the way that He loves us. Because He needs it? No, He doesn't need it. But that is what He's calling us to. And so, if we're not in that place where we're surrendered and we're laying our life down for the Lord, we're in a dangerous place. Because as the writer goes on, I want you to hear what he says. And again, if there's any way... I want you to try to take off some of these lenses that you've been given by preachers over the years. And I want you to just hear what the Word says. 
Because you don't have to have a degree to understand what the Word says, okay? Some people would have you believe that so that you're dependent on them and so that you will always ask them what something means. God wrote His Word so that you could understand it. Amen. It was the... Yeah, okay, anyways. It was the fishermen that He called to Himself, not the theologians. Verse 4 says, Yet there are some in the church in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes with evil. They will walk with Me in white, for they are worthy. All who are victorious will be clothed in white. I will never erase their names from the book of life, but I will announce before My Father and His angels that they are Mine. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what He is saying to the churches. I believe and I find that this is an accurate representation of a lot of churches in America that I have been exposed to. And I believe it's an accurate representation of the churches around here and in our area. You have people in these churches who have not been soiled. They are pursuing God. They are not just um, content with the outward signs that others see and they're thinking, oh, I'm good. They're pursuing the Lord. But, but, what I also see within each of these churches is I see people, and I'm not the judge, I'm not here to say this one's going to heaven, this one's going to hell. <laughs> that is not my place. But I will say this, what I do see is I see people who seem to project an outward appearance of everything's okay, but I don't see them as showing signs of being desperate for the Lord. And here's why I share this. First of all, I want to share it for you and your heart. And if you're in a place where you're like, yeah, I'm good, I, I, I just want to, I want to wake you up, okay? You're in a dangerous place. Wake up. But if that's not you, if you're the person that you're like, yeah, I'm desperate, I feel it, I want to encourage you. But I also want to say this. We have people all around us who think they're okay and they're not. They think they're okay and they're not. And what would God do with those people? I believe He would do exactly what He's doing right here, and that is He would share with them. And He would say, brother, sister, you need to wake up. And I believe that it's our calling for, for those of us who not have our lives all together, okay? <laughs> the one who has their lives all together is probably the one that needs woken up. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the person who's desperate. They know that they need the Lord. I believe the Lord would call you to share with those who think, ah, oh, everything's good, to share the true Gospel and what God is saying. Because it's a dangerous place to be. I don't believe that He writes in here that for certain people, I'm not going to erase their name from the book of life for no reason. Uh, God doesn't just say things just to be saying them. I believe there's a reason He would say this. And again, some teachings that we receive, it causes us to read these things and they just, woof, we don't even see them. 
And we don't, we, we don't take them seriously because of what we've been taught. You are able to understand the Scripture. Read it and understand it for what it says. So how do we tell? How do we tell if we're in a desperate place or we're okay or whether somebody else is in a desperate place or they're okay? Well, I want to share some things that, that I've noticed, okay? These are just characteristics that, that I've found uh, for people who seem to be like, no, I'm okay, or no, I'm in a desperate place. And I want to bring those up, if you would, Matt, bring those up. Um, keep going, okay. Let's, let's look at characteristics of the okay person, okay? First one is this. I find that when a person is just, yeah, I'm good, I'm okay, I find that for them, worship is depleting. Okay? And what I mean by that is both personal worship and when we gather together, it's not something that feeds their soul. They're kind of like, let's just get this over with. I've got other things to do. If you are in that place where you are feeling that, I want to say to you, you're probably not in a desperate place. And, and there's probably some shaking that needs to happen in your soul. And I don't say that to be mean. I say it because I love you. <laughs> and so if you're in that place, that's not a good place to be. That, that is, you know, Jesus was one that found God's words to be the bread, okay? The bread of his soul. And he said, I'm the bread of life. And so if you don't find worship to be like that, It's not a good sign. The second one I find is this. By the way, I'm going to show you four. There are many more. These are just four that I want to call attention to. Idols take precedence. Idols take precedence. And what I mean by that is anything else in your life, whether it's some kind of hobby, work, whatever it is, if you are all about that rather than worship, and you'll only worship if one of these other things isn't calling your attention, you're probably in a place where you're just like, eh, I'm good, I'm okay. You know what I'm saying? You're not really desperate. Because you're like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll worship, I'll whatever, but when this is going on, you know, whatever it is, this is number one. It's a dangerous place. You're probably thinking you're okay. You're not showing signs that you're real desperate for the Lord. That's scary. Number three, God is not invited to make decisions. So what I mean by that is how you make decisions in life, what job you take, what you buy and purchase, um, relationships you have, whatever it is, you think through what's best and then you go do it. Well, maybe you've never even heard this before, but that's, that's a dangerous place to be and it has nothing to do with following God. Because when you read God's Word and you read about people who followed God, you know what they did? They said, God, what do I do right now? And if they didn't hear from the God, they did nothing. They waited until they heard from Him. Because what they found is then when they went and did things that made sense to them, it usually got them off track and it usually caused more harm than good. And again, for some of you, that's like, what? You know... This is the pattern of Scripture. So if you're not calling God into your decisions, you're probably in a place where you think, I'm okay. You're in a dangerous place. 
Last one. Relationships are based on advantage. And what I mean by that is the relationships that you have, the relationships that you focus on, your focus in many of them is, what do I get out of this? Even marriage, okay? You're like, well, you know, what do, what do I get out of this deal? Um, when you've got relationships at work, it's all about, you know, what, what can I get out of this person rather than how can I serve this person in the church? You know, just relationships that you have in the community. You know, do I want to be in a relationship with this person? Uh, you know, they, they've got some power, some clout, whatever. Or, you know, maybe it's just whatever it is, okay? When we are in a desperate place, what we tend to do is the opposite. We tend to ask the Lord, Lord, what relationships do you want me to focus on? Because we want to look for what the Lord wants to do through us. Okay? And we don't do any of these things perfectly, by the way. I sure do not. But this is where we want to go. This is what we're aiming for. So if we look at these in the opposite, so if we go to characteristics of uh, the desperate person, uh, just go ahead and list all those, Matt. Just bring them all up. So first of all, worship is craved, okay? I don't like being desperate. I get tired of repenting and all that, but I got to tell you, I crave worship because the weak beats me down. And I, I, I crave personal worship, but I also crave worship with you. I'm telling you, this feeds me. And I'm not sitting here like, oh, geez, I hope Steph doesn't choose another song today because I need to get out of here. No, I'm like, please don't end. Because if it ends, i got to go back out into the real world and it's ugly. I just want to stay there. I just want to stay there and I don't want to stop. And I'm not saying that so that you go, oh, Kirk's such a good person. No, I'm just desperate. I'm desperate. Life beats me up and this is the place I get my soul fed and I want more of it. And if you're not there, I'm telling you, it's a dangerous place. You can get there, but you've got to pursue the Lord and you've got to say, I want more of Him. Idols are despised. I get mad at idols. And I, idols scare me. I, uh, I, I look at my kids and I see some of their giftings. And their giftings scare me because I don't want them to become idols. I look at... Um, my oldest daughter and her intelligence, don't tell her she's intelligent and give her a big head, but she's intelligent. And it scares me. I, I don't want that to become an idol. You know, I look at my boys and they've got some athletic ability and quite frankly, it scares me. And my prayer is that, that they will know God. And if it means they stink and they won't like this, if it means they stink at sports, so be it. I don't, that's what I want. And when I look at uh, my daughter and her musical ability and all that, it scares me, okay? Because I think this is something that she could turn into an idol. And the way I know that is, I've tried to turn it all into an idol. All of it. But God has brought me to a place where I now despise them because I know their danger. Because I've tried them all. <laughs> Decisions are relinquished. I am slowly learning to relinquish more and more decisions because I get tired of the consequences of making my own decisions. Things that look so good, 
You know, I've shared with you many times, you know, the business in St. Louis and how that tanked. Oh, so painful. So painful. I mean, not painful as in, oh, that hurt for a week. That hurt for years. You know what I'm saying? And some of you, and we all have this, we all still are suffering from decisions we made years ago. We're still suffering. Relationships and all that kind of stuff. Well, you know what? There's a way to get beyond that. Stop making your decisions. And start just relinquishing them to the Lord and asking the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? Let me tell you, it's not easy because He's going to lead you into some battles. But oh, it is so much better. So much better. Last one, relationships are spirit-led. Relationships are hard. I mean, just like I just shared with you, I mean, I feel things deeply, okay? And I don't know how to do it otherwise. I mean, people tell me, oh, you know, it's not you. I can't, I'm sorry. I feel things deeply. Here's how I survive. Because in my flesh, what I would want to do, and I've said this many times, move out to the mountains, be a hermit with some cattle, you know? That's what I would do. But that's not what God has called me to do. And so the reason that I pursue relationships is because that's what God has called me to do. When you look at Jesus going to the cross, did He go for us? Absolutely. But when you read Scripture, you don't hear about that. When you read Scripture, what you hear about is Jesus went to the cross because the Father asked Him to. I form relationships and I continue to minister the, and allow God to use me in that way because God has called me to. That's the bottom line. Because the bottom line is, is that nobody has been rejected more than Him. And I am one of them that has rejected Him. And He has pursued me yet still. And so He calls each of us to pursue relationships. Will you be hurt? Absolutely. Will you be betrayed? Absolutely. Do it anyway? Absolutely. Father, um, I first of all, just pray for any person here, Lord, who just feels okay. I pray You would shake them up in a good way, Lord. That they would know Your fellowship because there's nothing like it. There's nothing like having your soul fed through you and your presence and what you do in our lives. Um, But Lord, I also ask that you would wake us all up for the desperate people because we have people around us who think they're okay and this Scripture applies to them. And it's dangerous, Lord. It's dangerous. And you want to wake them up. And Lord, rather than send an angel, you're calling us. And so Lord, I just pray... Um, that You would use us, Lord. That You would use us to this community to seek out people. um, To minister to them, Lord. Uh, I pray that we would do this with boldness. In Jesus' name. Before we worship in music,